Good morning, friends. Welcome to worship at Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. It is great that you are with us this morning. The very first thing that all of the pastors want to tell you is how much we miss you. We miss you terribly, but we are endeavoring to remain connected and we are endeavoring to encourage you to remain connected with each other. We are glad that whether you are a regular part of Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church or you are visiting us this morning, that you are here. We are glad to have you with us. We hope and pray that this is a service that is meaningful, that is consequential for your lives, that you will find encouragement through the music that we offer, through the prayers that we pray, through the reflection on God's word this morning, through the ways that we affirm our faith together. And so to that end, we want to encourage you to fully participate, to please sing with us, to pray with us out loud, to uh, read the scriptures with us. Light a candle in your place where you're worshiping. Whatever it is that would bring meaning to you and to set this sacred time apart, we want you to do that. There is a worship guide that you will find a button for at the bottom of your screen. You can download the worship um, order so that you can follow along with us and fully participate. We believe that uh, where two or three are gathered in God's name, God is surely with us, even by the internet, even by the radio. And so we hope and pray that you will sense God's presence in meaningful ways as we now worship Holy God. Wander until the birds sing. 
as we center ourselves at home or wherever we are worshiping this day and prepare our hearts and minds for worship, I want to invite you to join with me in a responsive call to worship. As you hear the words who long for your presence each new day, your response is 
gather us in. Let us join together in our call to worship. Gather us in the lost and the lonely, the fearful and the brave, the tired and the aching, who long for your presence each new day. Gather us in the done and the doubting, the wishing and the wondering, the puzzled and the pondering, who long for your presence each new day. Gather us in the proud and pretentious, the sure and superior, the never inferior, who long for your presence each new day. Gather us in from the corner or limelight, from mansion or campsite, from fears and obsession, from tears and depression, from hope and assurance, from strength and endurance, who long for your presence each new day. Gather us in. Friends, let us worship God with word and with song.
As we prepare this morning to join together in our prayer of confession, I invite you to sit comfortably where you are and allow yourself to follow my voice as I guide us through our prayer. Friends, let us pray this morning. We know God loves us and calls us to love others and to serve one another. But sometimes we are just too badly distracted by our own concerns to lend a hand if someone needs it, or we allow hidden prejudices to hold us back. Instead of running to offer help, we look the other way. So if you have ever ignored someone in need, I invite you now to close your eyes. Jesus walked the way of peace, responding to his critics with care, turning the other cheek when he was attacked by authorities. Too often, we rely on hostility and violence to solve problems instead of being peacemakers. So if you have ever dealt harshly with someone, embracing hostility instead of peace, clench your fists. The world is God's creation, and we are called to be guardians of it. But we are careless, clinging to a culture of consumption instead of caring for the earth. So if you have ever thrown something away instead of reusing it, or being wasteful instead of working for conservation, cross your arms. We are reflections of the divine image, created and claimed as God's beloved children. But too often that image is distorted or denied. So if you have ever been ashamed of how you look or denied the divine image in someone else, bow your head. Friends, this is what sin feels like cut off from others, closed off from the world, left in the dark, alone, and disconnected from God. But God knows us and loves us. Like a mother with her children, God will not abandon us. We have experienced God's love in one another and maybe even caught a glimpse of God's kingdom this week. And that changes us. So if you have ever seen someone in need and responded with care, open your eyes. If you have ever reached out to someone who is an outsider, embracing differences and seeking to tear down the walls that divide us, lift your head. If you have ever forgiven a friend or sought reconciliation instead of retribution, unclench your fists and open your hands. If you have ever lent a helping hand to someone this week, offering support to a friend or even a stranger online, uncross your arms. And if your eyes are still closed, open them. If your head is still bowed, raise it. If your fists are still clenched, release them. 
or if your arms are still crossed, uncross them, knowing that God's grace is for all of us, no matter who we are or what we have left undone. Friends, this is what it feels like to be a part of God's family, eyes open, heads up, connected and held fast by God's loving community, known, loved, and accepted for who we are. So friends, this morning, hear and believe the good news of the gospel. We are saved by grace through faith. In Jesus Christ, we are forgiven. Thanks be to God. Amen. Family, since we are not together in person to exchange the peace of Christ, we thought we would take a moment and exchange and encourage connection beyond the walls of this church. So as we did last week, we invite you to pull out your cell phone and to text a friend or a loved one. Let them know that you are thinking of them. Let them know that you are praying for them. If you are joining us on Facebook Live, we encourage you to tag someone in the comments on our page and let them know that you are lifting up a prayer of peace for them in this moment. In a season of isolation such as this one, our efforts to connect with one another are more important than ever. So take a moment. Let people know that they are on your mind. And as you do so, may the peace of Christ be with you. Friends, I invite you to sing this refrain. Don't be afraid. My love is stronger. My love is stronger than your fear. Don't be afraid. My love is stronger. And I have promised to be always near don't be afraid my love is stronger my love is stronger than your fears don't be afraid my love is stronger and I have promised, promised to be always near.
Join with me in prayer. Oh God, we long to hear a word from you. For so much of what we are hearing now is repetition of dreary news from the day before and the day before that. We long to hear again this day of the richness of your life and the depth of your relationships. For such reminders point us to life beyond what we see and hear today, and instead draw us into your story and your promises and your plan for us. Speak, Lord, for we, your people, are listening. Amen. So my dear friends, I know it's only been a week since we gathered like this in worship, but I got to tell you, it feels like it's been a year. I don't know about you, every day this week has felt like a month. And I think that's mainly because uh, every day this week I have felt, and I don't know if you felt this way, like I woke up knowing, like I felt like I woke up knowing what the day and the news was going to be. And then uh, 12 hours later, everything would shift on me. And that happened on Monday, and then it happened on Tuesday, and it happened on Wednesday, and here we are on Sunday, that every day this week, we moved from knowing to not knowing, from the known into the unknown. As, As I've thought about this week, and I've gotten some distance from it, It seems to me that uh, we are living in liminal space, that um, we are living in between time. We are living between the known and the unknown. And living in the liminal space, living in between time uh, can be disorienting. It can cause us to be afraid. It can uh, make us have a lot of questions. It can be unsettling. It can also uh, be really holy and quiet and hopeful, but the space, the liminal space, time between time can be difficult. Individually, I think we've all lived there before. If you've ever walked alongside of a parent who is, uh, or a grandparent who is making their final transition from this life to the next, that's liminal space. From the known of this life, to the unknown of when they will enter the next. Uh, If you've ever uh, walked alongside someone that you love and they went to the doctor and they got the diagnosis, uh, you've walked alongside of them in the known of health and now the unknown of diagnosis. Or if you've ever uh, been in relationship, when you felt like all was right, everything uh, was leading in one direction and then you had a dinner or you had that conversation and Now you're questioning what the future looks like. The known to the unknown. That's liminal space. I think that's what we're living in these days. I think collectively we're experiencing that as not only a community and not only a country, but as a world. How do we make sense out of our days? How do we make sense out of our lives right now? If you felt this week dreary, 
If you felt this week um, disoriented, if you felt a little scared, yeah, yeah, it seems about right. That's what we can feel when we're in the in-between, when we're in between time, time between time. But I believe our faith Our faith offers us a way to live in this space. Our faith offers us a way to see the world and to order our days in a way that makes sense, even in these unknown days. And so we're going to turn now to the 14th chapter of the Gospel of Mark, and we've been journeying through Holy Week this entire Lenten season, but I think Thursday of Holy Week gives us an invitation and a word of hope as people of faith in these trying times. So listen now for the word of the Lord to all of us this day from the Gospel of Mark from the 14th chapter. On the first day of unleavened bread, so that's on Thursday, when the Passover lamb is sacrificed, his disciples said to him, where do you want us to go and make preparations for you to eat the Passover. So Jesus sent two of his disciples saying to them, go into the city and a man carrying a jar of water will meet you. Follow him. And wherever he enters, say to the owner of the house, the teacher asks, where is my guest room where I may eat the Passover with my disciples? He will show you a large room upstairs furnished and ready. Make preparations for us there. So the disciples set out and went to the city and found everything as he had told them. And they prepared the Passover meal. When it was evening, he came with the twelve, and when they had taken their places and were eating, Jesus said, Truly I tell you, one of you will betray me, one who is eating with me. And they began to be distressed and to say, to him one after the other surely not I it's not going to be me he said to them it is one of the twelve one who is dipping bread into the bowl with me for the son of man goes as it is written of him but woe to that one by whom the son of man is betrayed It would have been better for that one not to have been born. And while they were eating, he took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, and he gave it to them, and he said, Take, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, and all of them drank from it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. Truly, I tell you, I will never again drink of the fruit of the vine until that day when I drink it new in the kingdom of God. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We know a lot about Thursday. We know more about Thursday of Holy Week than we do almost any other day, and yet we only get 60 verses about Thursday of Holy Week. But we know what happens from dawn until midnight of Holy Week. Right now, after I've just read the text, this is what we know. We know that the 
that Jesus sent the disciples, two of them, to go and prepare the Passover feast. And that was a big undertaking. What we know is they had to go to the temple. They had to get the lamb that was slaughtered on that day. They had to bring that lamb back, and they had to prepare that meal. This was not as simple as placing an order, going to pick it up, and putting out a spread on a table. It took them all day. This is what we know from the text. We know that Judas that day was also shopping Jesus to the highest bidder, trying to figure out how much silver he was going to trade Jesus for. We know from the text that uh, Peter was walking around very proud, uh, telling everyone that he was going to be faithful no matter what, that he was never going to deny Jesus. We know all of this from the text, but there's some other things that we know about the disciples that day. The disciples were caught up in the Passover festival. They were caught up in Jerusalem. They had been at the temple day in and day out, and we know that the disciples were caught up in the macro. They were caught up in the festivities, but they were also caught up and scared about the Roman authorities. We know that they were uh, caught up and scared about the scribes and all that they were presenting to Jesus. We know that every night they went to Bethany to hide from everyone because they were caught up in things that were so far outside of their control. The disciples were caught up in the macro of Jerusalem that day. They were caught up in everything. And Jesus does something on that Thursday that I think is so applicable to us in this season that we are in. Jesus takes the disciples who have been caught up in everything going on in Jerusalem, who have been caught up in the macro and returns them to the divine that has been present with them the whole time. Jesus takes the disciples who have been caught up in the macro and returns them to the micro that is their whole life. Jesus returns them to the divine that has been present with them every day that they have been together. And Jesus does it over uh, what is to be a normal meal and he consecrates that meal as a holy and sacred act in which he reveals to them the holiness and the sacred that has been with them the whole time. I don't know about you, but I've been caught up in the macro this week. I don't know about you, I have been caught up in the macro this week. Constantly picking up my phone and checking to see which news story has just hit. I've uh, been caught up in the macro. I get on social media and see who is posting what. I've been caught up in the macro trying to figure out how we're going to care for the needs of the most vulnerable in our city. Those who are on spring break this past week but who will not be on spring break this coming week. I've been caught up in the macro trying to figure out how to care for our staff. In this season of great uncertainty, I've been caught up in the macro trying to figure out what worship is going to look like and what our content is going to be. I've been caught up in the macro trying to figure out what the budget is going to look like and what that means for the future of our church. I've been caught up in the macro of trying to figure out how to care for you. I've been caught up in the macro 
trying to walk alongside of families in this congregation who are self-quarantined this morning because they are presumably positive with the coronavirus. Oh, it doesn't take me long, and it really doesn't take me much to go from the present moment and being present right now to living into the future, wondering what our world is going to look like three weeks from now. Are we going to end up looking like New York or L.A.? It doesn't take me long to go from trying to be present with my family and my friends and my colleagues and our God to slipping a year from now wondering economically what are we going to be like oh I can go from being present to living into an unknown future in no time oh I can live in the macro I think the disciples have been spending most of Holy Week living so far outside of themselves that maybe they have forgotten the divine that has been present with them the whole time. I think they have been, rightfully so, caught up in their own worries and their fears and their doubts and all because of the uncertainty that they face. And Jesus, in a singular act, brings them around the table and through bread and cup returns them, not only to themselves, but to returns them to the divine, to God, who has been present with them the whole time. I think that's the gift of Thursday of Holy Week. Jesus returning us to the divine that has been present with us the whole time. That happened to me uh, on Wednesday this week, and it happened around our supper table. We have a new tradition in our house that uh, over dinner every night, um, we have a lazy Susan right in the middle of our dining room table, and we have um, a piece of pottery, a shard that we got here in worship just a couple months ago. And we take that shard, usually it's our daughter Olivia who will pick up that shard and she'll put it in her hand and she will ask a question of the whole family and whoever has the shard gets to answer. And so on Wednesday night this week, Olivia said, what has been your favorite part of the day? And she had the shard, so she answered and she said, my favorite part of the day was the two bike rides we went on, all the time I got to play with my brother, the story time that we had with mom, and getting to spend time with my family. And then she took that shard and she handed it to her brother. And Elliot said, my favorite part of the day were all the stories I got to read with my mom and my dad. And my favorite part of the day was our bike ride. And then Elliot handed the shard to Sarah. And Sarah said, my favorite part of the day has been spending all day with my family. And then Sarah handed me the shard. And I said, my favorite part of the day is this moment, is this dinner. Because this dinner has reminded me of what is most important. And the love that has been present, even in the midst of all of this chaos.
Friends, Jesus sat the disciples at a table. And he returned them to the love and the goodness and the grace of that moment. Even in the midst of chaos. And let me be clear. They gathered around that table and Jesus returned them to the divine. And that did not mean that they weren't going to face hard days. It didn't mean that that was going to erase all of the questions and all of the doubt and all of the uncertainty. No, they gathered at that table and Jesus returned them to the divine in that moment. And they left that table and they went into the garden and Jesus was arrested. They didn't gather at that table so that Jesus would not be crucified. No, they gathered at that table, I believe, so that they could be grounded in God, even as they walked a journey towards the cross. And I don't want to jump ahead and get too far to Easter, but I do want to say I believe that Jesus brought them to that table so they could recognize the divine that is in their midst so that when they experienced it again, they could actually recognize it. So my dear friends, I can think of no greater invitation to us this day as we live in this liminal space, as we live in this time in between time. Do we need to be aware of what's going on in the world? Yes. Do we need to check the news? Sure. But may we be a people who don't get caught up in the macro and miss the presence of God right here and right now with one another, with those that we love, and even in the quietness that we are given this day. Will you pray with me? God, you have promised us that there is no place that we can go from your love, from your presence. Even as we face an unknown future this day, may we rest in that assurance. May it bring us peace and hope and light and love. For we pray in your holy name. Amen. Friends, this week for our affirmation of faith, we are using your words. In an effort to connect in a disconnected time, we put out an invitation on social media for people in this congregation to complete the sentence, hope is dot, dot, dot. And so now I'd like to read your responses. And I'd like to invite you to receive this affirmation as a communal statement of faith. Friends, listen now for your responses. We believe hope is in finding ways to live with childlike faith. We believe hope is spring flowers. Hope is life-giving. Hope is necessary. Hope is the marrow running through the body of the church. As we maintain physical distance for safety, hope binds our hearts closer as a community of faith. When fear raps loudly at the door, Let hope 
quietly answer. We believe hope is knowing that we are never alone. Hope is trust in God's plan. Hope is Christ risen from the dead. Hope is getting out of bed each day. Hope is your dreams. Hope is the presence of joy in our circumstances, despite weakness and uncertainty. Hope is believing in something you can't see. And we believe hope is being able to see that there is light even in the darkness. Hope is neighbors helping neighbors. Hope is knowing you'll be there for us. Hope is something to do. Hope is persevering in your trust that God is with you even in times of struggle or doubt. Hope is the light at the end of the tunnel. Hope is new opportunities. Hope is knowing that you are never alone and that a better day will come. Hope is Preston Hollow Presbyterian Church. We believe hope is knowing that we have a God that loves us and is always present. Amen. Attention to prayer this morning. And we want to encourage you to participate in this prayer. If you're watching on Facebook, we want to encourage you to make a comment, uh, to share a prayer request uh, that way, and for you to respond to those that you might see posted so that we can be in prayer for one another. As always, we have the opportunity for you to use our online prayer form. And I will just say that at this time in our life together, as we find ourselves separated for really an indeterminate amount of time, it is ever more important that we care for one another. And so your pastors, your deacons, your elders, all of your staff want to be in prayer for you. So whether or not you use the comments on Facebook or you use our online form, please let us know of how it is that we can be in prayer for you and with you. We want to endeavor to continue to uh, mobilize our church to care for each other in this way. We continue to have a prayer cordon. This is a prayer list that is sent out by email. If you would like to receive that list so that you can be in prayer for the needs that are known to the church, simply email the church and let us know. Contact one of the pastors, myself. Let us know that you are interested in that uh, particular way of prayer. You can uh, participate that way and you can participate on your own. We want to encourage you to reach out to one another and to be in prayer together. As we are mindful of God's Spirit with us, please join me in singing now as we open our time of prayer together. Shepherd me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Shepherd me, O oh God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Loving God, how can we come to you in prayer today and not acknowledge our utter dependence upon you? This virus has reminded us of our frailty, 
Yes, we have subdued much of the earth with our innovation and our creative acts, but we are reminded in this moment how fragile and powerless we really are. Our hearts are heavy as we consider the fallen nature of our world, which mars the beauty of your created order. We sorrow for those who have fallen ill and who are self-quarantined, and we grieve for those who've lost their lives as a result of this illness. We pray for those who sit at bedsides, those who are providing all the support they can for their affected loved ones. And we pray for those who have lost family or friends to this virus. In the midst of our sorrow or fear or doubt or uncertainty, may we remember that Jesus taught us how to live. He set a pattern for our living and our caring for one another. And so even as we may feel we are at the mercy of this illness, we ask for the gifts of strength and courage to face the future. We ask you to equip us with open hearts and minds to guide the ways we navigate the challenges that come our way. We ask us, O Lord, to celebrate the connections that we have, even virtually, for we know that you are in our midst. So today we sing for you, and we ask that you would bend toward us in prayer. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into As we endure this new normal in our lives, we pray earnestly for the heroic medical doctors, the nurses, the healthcare professionals who are putting their lives on the line for their neighbors. May you give them strength and physical immunity during this time so that they can continue their efforts that benefit us all. We pray for the scientists the disease experts, the epidemiologists who are working tirelessly on vaccines and the means for testing. Lord, we thank you for gifting them with knowledge and wisdom we don't have. We pray for their endurance, for breakthroughs and for resources and for recovery. We weave our prayers for all of those on the front lines into a melody and we give it to you as we sing. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death Be with all decision makers in families, communities, small businesses, corporations, states, and nations. 
such that each would make sound and thoughtful choices to benefit all. Be with our neighbors in need, nearby and far away, who are struggling to know what to do, balancing work and childcare, or those seeking food or shelter or employment. Come alongside the vulnerable, we pray, that they might be assured that you are with them. O God, you are the great physician, so we pray for healing for those who are ill. We pray that your your Holy Spirit, the Comforter, would bring comfort to our troubled souls. We know you are the Prince of Peace, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. We praise you for your goodness and your mercy. Be with us today, tomorrow, and in every moment between as we sing together once more. Shepherd me, O God, beyond my wants, beyond my fears, from death into life. Shepherd me, Finally, O Lord, despite our physical distance, we join our voices together to pray the prayer you taught us to pray. For we trust that even when we are physically separate, we are connected through you and your Holy Spirit. So together we pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. Friends, we are a community that is rooted in generosity. And I got to tell you, I have been overwhelmed this week by the number of you that have emailed and texted and left uh, messages on social media asking, how can we care for the most vulnerable uh, in our city? You've asked, uh, how can we make sure those who don't have food are fed and those who um, are housing insecure, how can we assure that they will stay in housing? I'm overwhelmed that your first act was to turn outward instead of turning inward. It's one of the great things about our community of faith. You will find a a list of resources of places that we are partnering with in these days ahead on our website. If you go to the Corona tab, it's there under resources that we're supporting. I want to highlight just three of them very quickly for you this morning. Uh, We're partnering with City Square to ensure that those who are food insecure will continue to receive food throughout this season. We're also partnering with our friends at the Cornerstone Baptist Church in South Dallas and Pastor Chris Simmons. We are creating a, a housing fund so that we can cover rent for those who may not be able to work in these days hourly workers who may not have enough to pay rent in the coming months. And we're also uh, partnering with Michael Waters, who is at Joy Tabernacle, and we're making sure that we can respond and help uh, 
him respond to the immediate needs faced in their congregation. There are other organizations on that resource page, and if you would like to contribute directly, you can find out how to do so there. But let me also say, here at Preston Hollow, we are looking at all of our ministry areas, and we have put a freeze on much of our spending. We want to make sure that we are good stewards uh, during this time, but we also want to be a community that continues to help you grow in discipleship as you seek to follow Jesus Christ even during these days. So we would ask that you would continue to be generous and faithful with your giving here at the church. And I know uh, many of us have so many circumstances that we didn't find ourselves in a month ago. But we would ask that you give as you are able. Friends, let us give with joyful hearts, trusting in God's mercy.
My dear, dear friends, as we go forth from this hour of worship to be the church in the world, even if that means being the church in our homes for these next weeks, may God give us the grace never to sell ourselves short, grace to risk something big for something good, grace to recognize that the world is now too dangerous for anything but truth and far too small for anything but love. So may God take our minds and think through them. May God take our lips and speak through them. May God take our hearts, each and every one of them, and set them on fire. And may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all and guide us in our many, 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 many different ways this day and all of our days. May it be so. Amen. Amen.